Welcome, affiliated listeners, to another episode of the Affiliated Podcast. And I made a weird voice for no reason at all, but we are here and we're going to be talking about, actually, I think, a, a subject that a lot of people have had bad experiences with, but man, sometimes a bad experience isn't really your fault or an indicator that, that that traffic source or that thing is a bad thing. It's just you didn't understand it and you weren't using it right. And today we are going to cover a very, very powerful traffic channel, but we're going to, uh, if I could talk, we're going to uncover it the right way. So that's why I'm really excited for us to be talking to two amazing people and, of course, be joined by my amazing co-host, Thomas McMahon. How are you doing today, okay. Thomas? I'm good. I thought we were about to talk about high school or something that we all had a bad experience with, but I'm not trying to talk about what we're going to dive into. So Yes, yeah. yes. It is more exciting than high school, depending on your experience. So, um, But with that, let us introduce the guests that we have today. So we have Tiffany Wilkins and Stephen Patton. Uh, or no, not Stephen Patton, but... Steven, I realized I just forgot your last name. Why did I have this moment where I just forgot your last name? So, um, well, Steven, and he'll say his last name because I seem to forget it. I don't know why. Um, yeah. I had coffee up this morning. You had it right. You had well, it was. Yeah. You know, I'd say we'd edit this, but we won't. It's just going to be in there because if I have to ask weird questions and screw no. things up. So anyway, well, I um, stressed myself out into thinking I said Steven's last name wrong, but um, there was Strand Media. Um, and uh, before I tell you guys and screw it all up, up what you do, I'll actually turn it over um, to Tiffany. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so I have been in the affiliate marketing space for the better part of 10 years, I'll say. Um, kind of bounced around uh, over the years in a couple different traffic agencies, um, worked with a super affiliate agency, if you will, running a lot of fa uh, Facebook and native traffic, uh, very high volume, which is actually where Steven and I met. Um, and that was a number of years ago. He was actually running another network uh, with health and wellness offers, and we had traffic for that. And so um, we were doing a lot of business, and that's how uh, we, gained, we became good friends and colleagues because uh, we were in constant communication pretty much all day, every day about uh, the business we were doing. And um, f I guess fast forward a few years, uh, Strain Media was born. Um, Stephen can kind of give you uh, his his history and, and background on how that came to be. But um, it was actually a serendipitous timing for me because I was looking for a new a new start. And uh, we had had such a great relationship that it was kind of a no brainer. So uh, we started working together. That was, I don't know, three, four years ago and the, in the inception of Strand. And we started with two clients and now we're way more than that and growing over, year over year, growing uh, quite a bit and it's been a wild ride. So that's awesome. I yeah. just love that you use, you use serendipitous because that's one of my favorite words that's highly <laughs> underutilized. So, right. Um, what, a, what a great meeting. So now like these big words here at Strand. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we get you. Yeah. Bring it in. Speaking level, but yeah. we'll talk. <laughs> <for the 12th> <laughs> Well, Stephen, yeah. yeah, why don't you tell? Um, so, obviously, yeah, that was sure. a great intro, uh, Tiff. So. Patton, I'm the proprietor of Strand Media. Uh, I've been in the business uh, a long, long time, uh, I think 15 plus years. Uh, I started in CoReg email and uh, had a content marketing or content creation agency. Uh, I, I was blessed to, to uh, start a CPA network in 2008. That was acquired in 2011. Um, that was called AKMG. We sold that to Neverblue, which then was sold again to Global Wide Media. So um, 
I've been blessed to have that experience. After a, a, a non-compete I had to burn off, I ran uh, Advertise Health for a number of years, four to five years. And uh, then I ran the network at 7ROI for one year before starting uh, Strand Media. And, and my, my CV is, is based primarily with affiliates and performance traffic. As I got older, I, I found that there was a need for uh, media buying management with some large neutral brands. So that's what we pivoted to. And it's been a, it's been a fantastic pivot. And as Tiffany mentioned, um, it was serendipitous that, that she was, that she was uh, available and I really didn't know what she was going to do when she started, <laughs> but, but I, I knew for a fact that we would figure it out. Mm-hmm. And we went from uh, two clients to 25 clients that we manage um, their email buys now um, paid media in the, and, and we, our sandbox is exclusively the new trust space. So nice. that's, that's our sweet spot. And um, we're happy to, happy to be with you today. Yeah, no, that's great. And I, one day, Stephen, I really want to ask you about the, the gap year of non-compete. Like, I feel like that would be the most unsettling time where you think that yeah, you pick up golf or crochet, try and cook. I don't know. Yeah, Definitely it, hobbies you dumped pretty fast. It's, is what it's I probably do. an entirely other podcast. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but yeah, my, my agreement said I, I was unable to work in the world. Any work? It literally said I was I was barred from from performance advertising in the world for two years. Wow! So um, wow! It, it sounds sexy, but it it's actually quite boring. Uh, yeah. Not not being able to to do the the career that you're passionate about. So. Um, it was a blessed experience and I would do it again, obviously um, having a capital event and selling a business is a, is a great thing to experience. But the, um, the, uh, the sort of pseudo retirement is, is not what it's cracked up to be. It's always yeah. fun to wake up in the morning and have something to do. Yeah. I guess, I guess if time is different, maybe you could go on to Mars and work from there. That would have been the exactly. way to in jump the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. Instead well, he had to resort to just bagging groceries. For four years. <laughs> yeah. um, well, let's jump into the, the exciting thing we've been talking about. And you guys already mentioned it, what you're doing with strand and that is, you know, paid, paid, paid email, right? We're doing email drops, paid media. I love that you reference as paid media. Cause I think people hear that oftentimes they think that is only dedicated to social and boy, are they wrong. There's so many different places that you could purchase to get media and email is an incredibly effective one used by honestly, a lot of our biggest clients and biggest companies. It's a regular part of their diversification of traffic. Um, but oftentimes a lot of people don't quite understand. So that's why I'm really excited to talk to you guys today, which I'll be honest, this started because I was really curious and I went to another member of your team, um, Gabby, and I was just like, can you explain to me paid email? Because I feel like I don't get it. I feel like all it is is just a way to throw away money. And I know that it's not, but I don't get it. So she explained and we talked later. And I was like, this should be a podcast. And here we are today. So to get things going, um, understanding there's a lot of people out there that might have um, the, the same impression as me and that they're not quite sure how this works. I'd love to start off hearing from maybe an example or scenario that you guys can share or what you can share um, of the power of paid email and what it could do to a business with some of the clients that you've had. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So paid email is just like any other traffic source in the way that it really um, 
allows you to kind of control your customer acquisition. Um, and I think anybody that is looking to grow their business and, and increase customers uh, would get excited by that idea. So, um, you know, email is obviously kind of a unique way of doing it, but it's, um, it's great for a lot of reasons. I mean, email, a lot of people think email is dead. I've heard that so many times over the years and time and time again, it comes back where it's just, it's, it's never dead. It's never been dead. Um, and I think if you're doing it right, that's, that's the key. So, um, you know, it's a good way to control, um, your customer acquisition, like I said, and just like any other form of traffic, it's a spoke in the wheel um, for, for any business that has a good grasp of their AOVs, um, their LTVs, and uh, ideally, you know, you have to have re realistic expectations going into it, of course. Um, there's a ramp up period, no matter what, no matter where you're at, no matter what business you're in or what offer you have, um, there's going to be a period of time that, you know, it takes to, to get it off the ground, but it can be a really, really powerful traffic source for uh, people who are consistent and um, kind of stick with it long term. Nice. Well, I'd love to, can you expand a little bit more on the, the controlled customer acquisition? Just kind of like, Define that further because I think it's a really curious statement. It's interesting. I know you expand a little bit more, but I'd love to talk about it some more. Yeah. Well, it's it's like if you want to spend, you know, 50 grand, you know, in one weekend uh, in traffic, you can do that. At least with Strand, you can do that, um, you know, and, and kind of have an idea of how many customers that's going to equate to, right? And and how much revenue that's going to equate to. So that is a very powerful tool, tool for business owners that, um, just want to make projections, <laughs> right? Revenue projections for one. Um, so, you know, kind of knowing like I, I, if I have a goal and I want to accomplish X or Y or Z, I can do that with this channel and it's not necessarily going to be a complete gamble. Um, obviously that kind of depends on where you're at in your business cycle. Um, because some people are just in different places, but, um, when you do have something that, uh, an offer that has, um, some stickiness to it and is, has a little bit of legs, you can, you can really dial that up and, and control that, that funnel. So that's, that's what I mean by controlled customer acquisition. Like, and, and again, it kind of goes back to knowing your numbers and things like that and having an idea of, um, the economics of your, your offers, but, um, it's, it's a powerful tool for any business owner really. May I add, may I add to that? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. So, um, affiliate marketing is fantastic performance marketing. I think it's been an integral part of all of our careers. Um, yes. but, uh, a lot of traffic in the Nutra space is on weekends and you can have 20 affiliates committed going into a weekend and then there might be a new offer that comes out on ClickBank. Right. And all of the affiliates or half of the, the half of the performance traffic that you were expecting to get on the weekend, you look at your stats come Monday morning and it, and it didn't happen because they ran something else. Right. And affiliates have every right to do that. Right. So mm -hmm. um, God bless them for running something else that they feel that can perform better on their respective list with paid traffic. As Tiffany mentioned, you can go into the weekend or go into any week knowing exactly how much traffic you're going to get. And there are a lot of companies that are willing to risk the capital to do that. 
So that's, that's in its most simple form, that's what we provide them. We provide them an on-ramp to spend a fixed amount of money and guaranteed that it's going to be deployed. And knowing, I guess, knowing those traffic, is that because you just know your baselines? Like that we know that these less perform at this and that if we have these creatives that you just kind of yes. know what... Yep. Yeah, due to the fact, Thomas, that we swim um, or play in the new, just exclusively the Nutra sandbox, mm -hmm. right? We have all of this data on various verticals that we can then leverage for clients coming into our ecosystem, right? So if we see a diet offer or we see a fungus offer, we know exactly just based on our media buying history where we should start with those offers. So we can fast follow the successes that we've created for previous clients with, with new clients. Obviously, uh, we don't share assets. We don't share previous performance. We're very um, compartmentalized in, in that fact. But um, just for the amount of media that we're buying, uh, the clients can benefit from the past experiences we've had in, in any given niche that they're playing in. Yeah. No, I, I think it's really interesting because when we, when you start to think about one of the common things we often hear from um, vendors is, you know, they hate having to babysit affiliates. Well, they said they were going to when, but it wasn't there. The traffic was supposed to be this date, but now it's not. And you're doing the sitting and waiting and hoping and crossing your fingers, um, you know, holding your breath that everything works out. And what a frustrating thing where what, what you really provide, and at least what I see from this channel is essentially it's a cost of velocity thing. If I spend money, I will get more velocity because a lot of the other variables are eliminated. Even I'd imagine kind of just, I'd be curious to hear what you think about this, Tiffany. Like when I think about, I started thinking about, well, Hey, why wouldn't you just put that money into say, like social, I think a lot of people would do that, but boy, there's a lot of variability in social. What if, uh, you know, your campaign isn't structured right? What if your creative dies out before you get the spend you need to? What if you're not getting, you know, the the bidding stuff? Obviously, I'm showing myself not to be a great media buyer, so I don't know all the lingo, but there's a lot of <laughs> <Bidding> things. <stuff. laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things yeah. where it's like, there's so many more variables that that becomes a much more challenging aspect of the velocity versus what you already know in email. You're, like you said, it's very controlled. Um, so you have to, I'd imagine you still have to know quite a bit, but is that something that, that you, I guess uh, uh, one thing I'd ask, you know, I don't know if you could do this to me. Can you even give me like a theoretical scenario where you were that ability to say, Hey, we want to go throw $50,000 on this weekend. Um, how it's real, why this channel is so good. And it could really, really help a ton of business out. Just give me kind of a theoretical situation, especially if you could pair it against what you might run into if you're trying to do the same thing on social. Yeah. Um, yeah. So on social, you know, social is amazing. Like you, you can do some really, really big volume for sure. Um, it, it, just like anything that takes a little bit of time to ramp up as well. Um, but as you mentioned with variables, you can't control, you don't know, like at any given point, your ads could be shut down. You know, there's some new compliance rule or regulation, or, you know, there's a complaint because somebody didn't like something. And um, not that that 
doesn't translate over to email to an extent, but it's, it's very different. Um, and so you can go from, you know, spending maybe again, 50 K or something like that in a day on social to having that completely wiped out overnight. And then you're back to zero. And then you have to start over with your ads. It's not like you can just turn on and off your campaigns and then everything is like magically working the way it should again. Um, social isn't like that. Um, for the most part, like it, it takes time to then, you know, kind of ramp back up. And so the control, it's, it's still, it's, it's there, but it's like temporary. Right. And with email, of course, there's compliance. There are, there are rules uh, that you have to abide by uh, email service (laughs) providers. I know, darn it. Right. Um, Can you imagine though, if it was just a free for all, like the world that we would be living in, it would be a little scary. So, I mean, (laughs) are there times that I do that? Yes. But yeah, it would be horrifying for sure. But for a moment, it would be really awesome. Yeah. It'd be really interesting. Um, Actually, be a little scary, but uh, yeah, the marketing yeah. purge, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but One yeah, so there's there are still rules, but um, it's pretty consistent, like you know what you're gonna get, and um, you know, that once you kind of figure out what works with email and you have some some email creatives, some swipes, as we say, um, that that work, um, you kind of you can see those trends, um, if you're in this. So we see a lot of creatives, you know, every single day we're moving a lot of media around um, on any given day and the trends are, are there like it's, it's pretty, you you don't always know what's going to work, but you have an idea um, for sure. And so when you're playing in that space and you kind of have a little bit of traction, um, you, you can pretty much guarantee where you're going to land as far as what you're spending versus what you're getting. So of course there's, we, we never promise anybody, uh, exactly, you know, exact numbers as far as like ROAS when it comes to their spend, but, um, but we can gauge and, um, and you can, you can essentially control that. Um, it, it doesn't, it's like if you, if an email is going to go out, so say I have, here's an example, say I have a, an email or a, a physical supplement product. Um, and I want to, I want to reach, you know, a million people over the weekend, without getting, you know, super into the economics there, I would say you can do that for sure. If you have the contacts, right. If you have the network and, and we do, we've built that over time, um, by testing as well, kind of looking for quality sources that is, um, but knowing your offer match with your audience and knowing that you have some creatives that are in line with what, what works and what sells, you can pick a couple email swipes and, and pick a couple lists and, click the button and go. Right. Um, I mean, it's not quite that simple, but basically, right. If, no, if I'm going to hold you to it. Tiff. It's that simple. Just, it's but, just that simple. Yeah. Like but I think that's so money. great. As a, yeah. But I love that as a business owner, when you're in that, that position where if you've built, you, you built your offer to point that what you need is traffic. I just need eyeballs. How yeah. can I get eyeballs as fast as I can? How can I increase that velocity? And, you know, oftentimes I'm pretty sure if we went to a lot of people and said, Hey, would you like a million eyeballs for $50,000 to look at your offer? They would be like, yes, who are those eyeballs? And then you could classify it to where it's where you want to go, who you want to see it. Um, boy, a lot of people are going to say yes to that. So I don't think people always think of it that way when they're looking at paid email, but that is a really, really powerful thing, especially when you have people that could curate and make sure you get the right eyeballs on the right list. And they know that the, the matching is in there. That being said, 
it's not just for people that want to rent the list, right? Like you guys are working with a whole nother side. So Stephen, actually, can you talk a little bit about how for a lot of people out there that actively have a large email list that paid email drops could be effective for them in a completely different way? Sure. First of all, though, Thomas, thank you for representing on the, uh, yes. Oh, you guys have one? Gosh. <laughs> this is the OG color, and then that was the round two color. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I have to admit, that OG color I like even more. That's that's yes. a good one. I'll we show my try to do a new color every season. So, <laughs> so but before we move on to this point, Carl, just, just one final point on the last topic is that most of our large clients are not choosing between social or email, right? They're doing, they're doing all of the above. No, thanks so for saying that. Yeah. I, I think that's a, I think that's a fair point to be taken. Is, yeah. As Tiffany mentioned at the beginning, it's just a spoke in the wheel where we never um, ask a client to reduce spend on social to do more spend on email. It's just that they have an appetite they're passionate about their brand. They've figured out the metrics on on what they can spend and on their ROAS expectations. And they're just adding email as a spoke in the wheel. Um, they might do Facebook internally or YouTube internally. They're not very skilled on email. They're like, okay, Strand, you can just handle the email component for us. But they are absolutely buying all lots of different types of traffic. Yeah, no, that's a great point. It is, yeah, it is a to... diversification strategy, essentially another another Correct. thing to add and and take advantage of. Yeah. Totally so, right. that, so back to your question, yeah, there's two sides of this equation, right? So there's the advertiser side, and then there's the traffic side. And publishers, um, the, the publishers we deal with, have really embraced um, paid email. We call it CPM, but it's more of just like a flat fee list. I'm sorry, would uh, you? People use the term affiliate publisher all a lot of different ways. What is a publisher to you in this scenario? Uh, a, a publisher, to my definition of publisher, is someone that can provide traffic. Okay, that, that's 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 my definition of a of a publisher. But it, someone that has an email list. You you, yep. you could replace publisher with affiliate. There, I I think the the terms are interchangeable. Um, so publishers can benefit from CPM. Because at the beginning of the month, we normally plan uh, March in mid-February, right? So, and we go out and secure these lists from a number of lists. I, I don't even know how many lists we're working at. Let's say 75 different lists in any given month. So these small business owners, um, myself included as a small business owner, is that um, they can start the month with a certain amount of revenue already guaranteed, right? So um, there are some people that uh, if they're mailing third-party offers daily or a couple times a week, they will earmark a third of their traffic to us and then we will pre-sell that for them. So come March 1st, if their list combined, let's use round numbers, makes $20,000 a month for their business, and they're selling a third of it to us, they're already guaranteed the $6,000, right? Because we are committing to paying them that. And there aren't as many variables as just running 100% CPA. Now, I'm not saying to stop CPA and do 100% CPM, but some people choose to do that because they want the fixed 
consistent. Yeah, it sounds like a great way to raise your floor, right? Like if you yeah, know, well, yeah. look at the end of the day, all of these businesses, um, you know, ClickBank included, include it. Like like you have to look at cash flow, right? Any yeah. business, right? So cash cash is king. If anything from the from the bank debacles this week, it's 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 yeah. always yeah. it's always nice to have cash you can access. So a lot of the publishers have really embraced working with Strand because they can start the month knowing that a certain percentage of their traffic is already committed to and, and basically paid for. So it, it we've found that it's revolutionized some publishers and they're so happy with the communication with my team and how we work that normally what happens is when we find a new uh, advertiser or, or I'm sorry, publisher or list owner, as we like to call them internally, we'll start with buying a few drops and then we'll buy a few more and we'll buy a few more. And in some instances, you know, 90 days in, we're buying a good chunk of their monthly traffic and they love it because they can start the, they can start the month knowing how much money they're going to make. So and they don't have to pick the offers and go through mm. the whole, you know, yeah. process of figuring out too. what the heck they're going to send. And, and yeah. that's time consuming too, right? So yeah. it's kind of like uh, set it and forget it type type of thing, which is really nice and convenient. So, yeah. So, so we talk internally, you know, we have two sets of clients. We have advertisers that are clients and then we have publishers or list owners that are also clients. And, and we feel we bring tremendous value to their businesses as well. That makes sense. What from a publisher side and the, the list owner side, I, can you break down like what's a good demographic of a list owner where they should start thinking about adding CPM and kind of renting? Well, our sandbox, Thomas, as you know, our sandbox is Nutra, right? Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I don't want to I don't want to make this a Nutra specific podcast, mm-hmm. but um, but in our instances, uh, our our tier one most valuable list is a Nutra buyers list someone that has uh, pulled out their credit card and have bought a supplement in the past, those in our, in, in our experience resonate better with trying to sell them other supplement offers, right? That makes sense. Yeah. But, buyer list in but, but let's remove, yeah. let's remove ourselves from Nutra for a, a second. It could be any, it could be any vertical. And I would say an e-commerce type offer, someone that has bought something, pulled out their credit card, that's going to be more valuable to a CPM advertiser than than a list that was generated from leads or a list that was generated off partials. There are there's always a value to a list, right? So a buyer neutral list would be here, and then we buy a lot of um, prepper survival conservative lists. Those are normally valued a little differently, and then there's leads lists. So. It doesn't matter how the list was gen- generated. You can always attach a value to it. It's just on a scale of which, where the, uh, how much the advertiser is willing to pay, right? Gotcha. So, is there a list size that's like a gut check, like that's big enough to kind of start looking at this? Yeah, that's 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 a really good question. We we get asked that a lot, and it and it's it's more about the quality of the list than the size of the list, right? Like you you can have a neutral buyers list that's five or ten thousand people, and it would be worth buying just because they're all buyers of product, right? Highly engaged, yeah. Yeah, highly engaged. So, but but I would say you know. 
and Tiff, please interject here. I would say, you know, 15, 20, 25,000 people. I, I think that's a, a nice baseline number. Um, or if you're running CPA and you're getting consistently, you know, every every send you do with ClickBank, you're making $800, $1,000, something like that. That's probably consistently enough revenue coming in off your list that you could consider uh, monetizing it on, on CPM. Those are great benchmarks. Thank you. So it's not the yeah. size of the list. It's how you use it. So oh, it's never the size of the list. It's all I'm name. so glad I'm not the only person that's like, it's just the ocean of <laughs> the ocean for you, Neil, guys, you know, so. No, at, the, at the end of the day, and, and again, this is probably an entirely different podcast, but at the end of the day, we run this business purely on economics, right? Like money in, money out. Metrics are great and clicks and open rates and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, the client wants to know, hey, I'm giving you guys $50,000, $100,000 a month. I want to know what I'm going to get at the end of the month, right? Yeah. So as long as we're hitting their ROAS expectation, they really don't fixate on the metrics so yeah. much. And, and maybe, the, maybe that's because Tiffany and I beat them over the head with being like, look, like, the economics are way more important than the metrics. So, so Thomas, back to your point. Yeah, like if the list resonates with the client's offer, we 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 don't care how big it is. That makes sense because yeah. I imagine yeah. some lists outperform, some underperform, and you're trying to find like yeah, lists. It's all about you know. right pricing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. as yeah. long as it's priced right and and the client or the the advertiser is going to get their money's worth, that's what matters. I mean, obviously you know, a super small list that maybe you're only charging like a couple hundred bucks for, like, is that going to move the needle in an immense way for these advertisers? No, but a bunch of those combined with a bunch of bigger, you know, medium lists and then a bunch of bigger lists, that's kind of a little bit more exciting. So, um, and they care a little bit less too. Like, you know, if you've got, if they're spending thousands and thousands of dollars, if your list, you charge like 300, 500 bucks, maybe even a thousand, um, and you're, you're, they're not necessarily making that exact money back every single time. Cause you usually, by the way, the goal is to move with most people, people want to just make their money back, um, on their, on their, their buys. Um, initially anyway, that's a whole nother, whole nother thing. But, um, you know, so if it falls short or it loses a little bit of money, it's like, eh, it's not the end of the world. It was only a couple hundred bucks. Like we've got bigger fish to fry. We've got a lot more, you know, a, a lot, a lot more sense to focus on. Um, and, it, it, it just all adds up, right? So if you're a publisher and you have a list that you think, especially if you're actively growing that list, you can start anywhere. Um, the, the key is to keep it to keep it fresh, keep people engaged and get new names on that list because eventually it can, it can become stale. And so if you want a long-term play, you, you need to, to, to focus on, on keeping that list and, and i'm sure thomas you know you're you're such an expert in this space i'm sure you have these conversation with the clickbank clients all the time but monetizing a customer list in from where i sit is vital um to be to be competitive in the neutral space um if if you're a, a you know a publisher that has a product um, you, you have to pay out so much money to the affiliate to get that customer in the door, right? Like you have to, you have to have a monetization strategy for those customers post sale, or it's going to be difficult for you to compete in the highly competitive mm -hmm. world of, of Nutra, 
right? And, and you know, I'm when sure Kyle and I are onboarding new clients that are sellers to the ClickMix space, that's one of our qualifying metrics. It's, you know, what's your LTV? How are you monetizing your list? Yeah. In my opinion, in my um, opinion, if somebody is not monetizing their customers, it, they have a real uphill battle in in yeah. in staying in this business long term. It's just it's just yeah. too there's just too many talented people, and 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 so much competition that that you you really have to be able to be have multiple revenue streams coming in and and monetizing your list, whether it's CPA or CPM, is a is a vital component for these publishers. Yeah. Agreed. I was uh, oh, kind of real fast, Thomas. Just I just want because being I just like the the point of having guaranteed or at least income that you could forecast to, especially when you're wanting to operate and grow and expand that list, put more efforts and take more chances when you have stability with, um, you know, rented spots that that could really change things, whether that's you take that and you just say, hey, this is what we could guarantee every mm -hmm. single month that we put towards, you know, growth spending or our own media spend, or you just know that it's going to cover a certain level of, say, your payroll. Uh, but you could guarantee something like that and, and yeah. something fixed. It could really change business. And I was in a business we had four drops a month and those drops were were imperative and really, really key to yeah. the health of cash flows for the business. Um, and it was definitely a game changer. So, yeah, and, and we're not talking, that's a great point, Kyle. I, I, I couldn't have said it any better myself. So, and the, and we're not talking about small numbers, right? No. So if, if, if we have a publisher with multiple lists and, and we have a seasoned relationship and we're, we're booking a lot of those lists in any given month, we're sending them a sizable amount of money. So, you know, these, the, these payments are, I, in my opinion, anyway, changing the tra the trajectory of these businesses. Totally. So, um, it, it, it's a great point. Yeah. I mean, I, I could attest to that for sure. And unlike SVP, people could put money into you guys and get money out or at least expect it recently. <laughs> so it's really nice. Yeah. So, Norm, uh, yeah as Tiffany mentioned, our, our, standard client in the nutrient space it this is this activity is primarily a customer acquisition function right so they would give us um their budget would be let's say fifty thousand dollars a month or a hundred thousand dollars a month their marching orders to us on a roas expectation is just get us that money back right because then they have acquired all those new customers then they can remarket multiple SKUs they have in their brand and some some of our clients have high end consulting products that they can then uh, offer these people. So we do have clients that are seasoned and their brands are very well known that want north of that ROAS expectation, and that's fine. We work hard to achieve that for them. But normally in the neutral space, the the parameters that we're working with is just to break even for these clients. Yeah, that that segues really well into what it's like. Speaking of customer acquisition where does a brand offer owner product owner need to be with the economics of their offer to perform well with this type of emails, uh, CPM media buying. That's a good point. Well, yeah. Um, and I don't know if that was a direct question or more. That's for you. Uh, yeah. It's trick. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just putting it out there to the ether. Yeah. Yeah. In case anyone <laughs> wanted to answer. <laughs> I'll um, take that one. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Kyle. Let's hear it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, it takes, again, it takes time to, to kind of get there, but, um, you need high cart values for one. Like you need to find, if you don't have a, a, 
a high enough front end product that you can sell, you need to find some other things to put in your funnel to, to beef up that AOV. Um, and that helps a lot to back out the buys that you're doing. And one of the reasons, especially in the health space, um, that that is, is because there are so many different like supplement offers these days, you know, you guys have so many on your platform, um, the, it's it's competitive. So most of these list owners or publishers are sending, a lot of them are sending affiliate offers and doing the list rentals combined, you know, some, some blend of them. Some of them have lists that they strictly do list rentals for. Some of them have lists that they strictly send affiliate offers to, and then others are, are kind of mixing the two. Um, but, you know, it's highly competitive. And the, the, the way that the lists are priced is, by generally by what they an average of what they can make <clears throat> running some of these other offers right so if you have really hot offers that are blown it out of the water and making these guys a lot of money um, then they're gonna say well my list can generate x amount of dollars now not every single offer is going to produce that much so we have to find a middle ground that's fair for everybody um, but a lot of these are supplement offers that have high you know, high uh, AOVs and um, they can do high, higher payouts. And so the publishers are making more money. And, and so you have to compete with that. Um, and that's yeah, is there, is there one like of the biggest pieces. I, I can probably take an educated guess based on what we see over here, but is there yeah. a range of AOV that you see works well? Yeah. Can I, can I would I say in? north of a hundred for sure. Like anything mm -hmm. below that is going to be really, really hard to back out. Um, at least, I mean, it really depends also on how much uh, you can, how long you can wait to recoup that that spend, right? That that ROAS. So if you're in a position cash flow wise where um, you're well capitalized and you can hold out, you know, 90 days or whatever it is to kind of make some of that money back, um, that's great. Um, however, not everybody is in that same position, or, or not everybody wants to be in that position. So it kind of just depends on where where you're at with that. Um, but yeah, Steven, you wanted, it looked like you wanted to say something. Yeah, else. it's, it's, it's um, back to the question, high AOVs, um, multiple SKUs. We always get more excited when a, when a client or a potential client has multiple SKUs. And the reason for that is that uh, there's only a finite number of times you can buy a list for one SKU, right? So we're sort of capped in our ability to scale a client if, if they don't have more than, you know, if they only have one product or two products. So I would say a, a handful of products are great. It was such a good point before he froze. Did I freeze? Oh, no. Just, oh, I was going to get a screen. There you are. Steven, you froze for a second. <laughs> yep. oh, sorry. Probably recorded that this I didn't upload it. But he was <laughs> right at the part that was going to make all of it make sense too. So. <laughs> no, but you, the last thing I think you said was um, – Shoot, how do I already forget it? Because you said high AOVs. Yeah, so, um, so back out. Yeah, so yeah. so um, high AOVs, as Tiffany mentioned, are are vital, right? Mm -hmm. Multiple and, SKUs. We were talking multiple. And then SKUs, multiple yeah. SKUs are also very valuable to us because there's only a finite number of buys we can do on any given list for one SKU, right? So our perfect client would have a, a great AOV. They would have multiple SKUs they would already have a really good grasp on their lifetime value of their customers coming in. Um, they are already doing multiple traffic sources, right? Um, they're just 
maybe they're, as I mentioned previously, maybe their sweet spot or, or their secret sauce is YouTube or, or Facebook or so they just don't have the time or the expertise to do to do the email component. So um, they join forces with Strand and we become an extension of their marketing department and we handle the email component on their behalf. So that would that would be a perfect client um, uh, for a, for, for the, a, right. For so really, piece. really, Stephen, you need someone that's got their shit together, right? Like you need to know because <laughs> you go back to what you're talking about with the float to be comfortable with that. Oh, I say like yeah. comfortable, you have to know your numbers, right? Well, I, I I think it. Look, we're in the year 2023. The world is competitive, right? Like, yeah, I don't I don't think you can be in any business and not have your shit together. So, um, I don't know. I've seen some people there, Steven, (laughs) but no, no, but no, I I guess that was just making a joke, but I think I've seen lots of people in my old age, but I don't think a lot of them (laughs) have longevity, right? Like, yeah, I I think, I think wherever you are, it doesn't matter. Everyone starts somewhere. And, and, Mm -hmm. and what's, what's fantastic about your company is that you guys provide an on-ramp, um, to our little corner of the internet that, in many instances can change people's lives. And, and I don't say, and I don't say that lightly, right? Like our, our little corner of the industry is, is fantastic that you can go from zero to hero in a relatively short time. And I'm very proud of being associated with an industry that can provide that. Right. But there are, I don't think anyone is going to scale their business unless they have their shit together. Yeah. Like that's, yes. that's just, yeah. I was just going to say it's, it's low barrier of entry, right. But to really yeah. move the needle and get somewhere um, you have to be a long-term thinker yeah. and you have to be organized <laughs> and communicate yeah. and not be, you know, an absentee business owner essentially. Well, cause a, um, cause a lot, a lot of, of it, oh, go ahead. those ceilings, right. That people hit because they just don't know how to love themselves past that. Well, yeah. Cause a lot of what I'm hearing from this too is, is so much of the key here is it, again, since this is another spoke in the wheel, the wheel needs to be turning forward. You need to understand who am I going after? What's the language that I'm having? How, how do I need to adjust it for this audience, for this list? And then also have a reasonable expectation of what I put into it from a traffic source. What exactly am I getting, going to get out? Whether that's in conversions, opens, AOV, and then in turn, knowing where are my breakpoints after that? What's that LTV? And what is that LTV based on a day count, right? So LTV is a great number, but if it's built off of, you know, a 40 year average and you need, and you're spending like, you need to wait three years before you break even, that, that's going to be potentially a problem, or at least you need to make sure your business is structured to handle that. So, so yeah. you know, and again, I, I know that you two know this, but your your listeners might not know this, but there's, there's a misconception in our industry mm-hmm. that once you launch an offer, the work is done. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, oh, I, it's going to be on ClickBank and I'm going to get a bunch of traction or, um, I'm going to give it to Anna at MaxWeb and I'm just going to, you know, fly around and just do masterminds and yep. count the money. And and that's just not not the case or, or not what I've experienced anyway. Right. Like it's a tremendous amount of work to get an offer launched and then it's a tremendous amount of work to get an offer successful. And then it's also a tremendous amount of work for an offer to stay relevant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So but 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 again, any business that's worth running is a lot of work. Yeah. 
Right. So yeah. I, I, I just think that people, um, back to the question, right? Like our best clients realize that the work is never done, ever. And they're whether they're making five million a year or 250 million a year, they're always pushing forward. Hey, Stephen and Tiffany or the Strand team, what can we try new? Or, you know, let's try this list. Or do you have any new lists? Or um, we're doing well with neutral branded lists. Let's try political lists, right? So they're always, they're always pushing. And I think that that's the difference between the big boys and the little boys in this industry is that they're, um, they know that the work is never done. Yep. And, and there's no, um, I can't, sh I, there's no way to sugarcoat that. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's just not for our little corner of the internet. That's for any business. Totally. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you just want to, I know, have a career that's really easy. You never have to work. You know, you might want to just live at your parents' house for as long I'm as you I'm still looking for one of those. Yeah, I'm yeah still that'd be great. The two years uh, when you had the non-compete might have felt like you could have found it. but I, 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 I think I'm the oldest person on this call by a long shot. And, and I haven't. I haven't found that yet. So. Yeah, yeah. I think I think especially in affiliate marketing, there's this draw because uh, you know a lot of people see it as like, oh, laptop lifestyle, and I could be a little digital nomad and one man show or one woman show or whatever, and um, travel the world and do what I want and live this amazing glamorous life. And you can do that, absolutely. Um, however, it's difficult <laughs> to. Uh, as Steven said, it, 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 the work is never done. So it's difficult, you know, you, you kind of get drawn into that idea. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I have to, for, for building an offer anyway. I mean, being on the affiliate side of things is a little bit different. Like if you have traffic and you can keep that going and figure out how to, um, how to tap into that skill set, I'll say, um, that's a really powerful thing. But as an offer owner too, like you, you, you have to continue to reinvent, right. And can you continue to stay relevant and, um, and that takes a lot of, a lot of capital, a lot of time. It takes a team generally. It takes a lot of things that you might not expect or, or think maybe for some anyway, going, you know, getting started. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I could just put an offer out there and, um, and there's all this traffic everywhere and everyone's going to want to run it. And it's like, well, actually, once again, it's a very highly competitive space. So you have to, you have to be on top of it. You have to be a forward thinker and you have to, um, kind of expect the unexpected yeah. as well. Yeah. So, um, no, totally. it's, yeah, again, low barrier of entry and, and, and you can do good, you can do, uh, you know, a good amount of, of revenue, um, as one single person, um, with one offer or with one list, um, you can still make a decent living depending on what your goals are in life. But I think it, it really just depends on how big you want to go, how, 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 how big are we playing here, right? Like what sandbox are we playing in? What's the goal? And if you, if you, if you want to be this, you know, millionaire, as they say, like, oh, let's, I'm going to have one offer and I'm going to, in the first month, I'm going to make a million dollars. That's not really how that works, right? It doesn't, doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. So that's, I think yeah. the important thing for a lot of people to, <laughs> to remember, to keep in mind. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and sorry if I derailed everything with that, but I will say, that I think it's a great conversation point and it really leads to the next thing is a lot of times, I think we're, one of the big keys there is, is expectations. Expectations are a big thing that need to be aligned to not only be successful in your business, but I think adding this traffic source in that that's a big key is you have to have, 
you know, the right mindset, the right expectations in your business more than anything to be successful. So we've kind of danced around this and talked about it um, a, a bit. I mentioned it when we started the podcast at the beginning, but there's still a lot of people that had similar experiences. I think me the first time I did paid email, um, which is, you know, oftentimes we're doing paid email and we thought, I, I totally thought it was like, what a great way for me to test some creatives or just see what happens with this. So I'm going to go buy an email list and see what happens. Um, and it really, what happened was I took money and I lit it on fire and then it went away and nothing happened from there. And so I was like, oh, email drops are silly. And, you know, I've had similar situations with clients where I'd advise them and it was always through testing and I didn't really understand. This podcast has already like changed a lot of that for me. But um, I guess one of the things I just wanted to cue up to you, instead of understanding, I think we know what it takes to succeed, but why is it so often that people, you guys feel like there are people that, have bad experiences, or maybe they're commonly getting frustrated um, with the, the the list rental industry out there. And, and um, you know, actually for this one, Stephen, do you want to take this one? And then Tiffany, you could add some commentary. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. And and um, lighting your money on fire is a is a is a great visual because a lot of people do that. They just light their money on fire. And my response to that is that I think they're they're working with they're not asking the right questions or they're not providing the right information with who they're speaking with, right? Because every offer or, or who they're buying the traffic from, every offer is different, right? So um, when, when you're communicating, when an advertiser is communicating with an email traffic source, whether it's um, an agency offering email or whether it's with the publisher direct, there needs to be a lot of dialogue in what the expectations are. Um, you know, there are some, there are some, there are some scenarios, Kyle, where you could contact an agency today. They would send you a rate card today and you could buy, you could buy, you could pick out what list you want and you could literally send them your assets and they could get the off. They could get you traffic tomorrow. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. But the likelihood of of you being successful and you hitting your expectation in that short timeline from where I sit is is difficult to impossible. So um, when we talk to people about the onboarding process here at Strand, you know, sometimes it takes Tiffany and I and the team 30, 45, 60 days to onboard a client. Wow. And people are like, my God, why does it take so long? And, and our answer is, well, we sit through the VSL or we read the TSL and we get to know the person and we drill down into their AOVs and LTVs and ROAS expectations. And all of these things need to be aligned or we don't engage with a client, right? And, and I think what happens with burning the money on fire, because that is a common practice, is that none of these conversations are had, right? Um, it's just, okay, I have the offer up. I don't have affiliate traffic yet. I need to do some testing. I've spent all the money on an expensive copywriter. So I've got my last $10,000 <laughs> for this product, right? And I'm gonna throw it and hopefully I'll make 25,000 so I can pay my credit card, right? Like I, I'm, I'm being, somewhat dramatic, but you got, you both know that that's the, the situation. I wish I would say you're on. being more dramatic than times I've heard that exact same response. I was like, yeah. well, yeah. are you sure that's what you want to do? 
was pretty young. So, so imagine that scenario. You're setting yourself up for failure because you're not having the conversation of, you know, the ROA, even the, just the ROAS expectation. We, we've we've had some wonderful people come into our ecosystem and we look at the offer and drill down the offer and they're like, yo, yeah, we want a 2X ROAS. And we're like, you're effing crazy. Like, it's just not... It's just not going to happen. And if those are your expectations, then we can't engage with you because every dollar that we spend from dollar one, you're going to be disappointed, right? Yep. So it, it, it has nothing to do with working with Strand or not working with Strand. If you're going to swim in this arena and you're going to spend money in in perform or, or in paid email, speak with the person you're buying it from. And make sure that your your expectations are aligned because those conversations rarely happen. Um, because again, we're we buy a lot of media, right? On on behalf of 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 uh, of our clients, and we know firsthand that we don't. In many instances, we don't get a lot of data on anything, right? They're just like, oh, like here you go, it's a good list, buy it, and we're like, okay, well. Can you tell us a little bit about the list and how it was generated and what you're seeing when you run CPA offers? And so we're in a very enviable position that that we can take the time and and we can engage or not engage with a client. But I I think the burning the the money, uh, the number one thing I can point to is just not enough due diligence done before the money is being spent. Yeah. I think it's per- and honestly, that's one of those things that where I think it's highlighted very big in this um, in this particular vertical because I think oftentimes we take affiliate expectations and apply it to paid email as if they're going to behave exactly the same, right? Like an affiliate will send it, I'll get money, I'll pay for this, and I'll get money, right? Like just mm-hmm. agnostic. Yet we don't see all the times that an affiliate send doesn't go well. We just don't pay attention to it. So it's different though when you put the money forth and then it doesn't go well. But I love that particularly because I think the idea of um, really any sort of deal we're going into and anytime we do deal making, so much of it relies on expectations, your expectations versus the expectations of execution on the other side, right? So, and when those don't align, we know that's when things tend to go sour. So I just love that, that core thing is, if you can't spend the time, find the partners that already are. And if you're going to spend the time, make sure you're asking the questions, you're understanding your expectations, communicating them, and really letting whoever you're working with, hopefully trusting that they they respond in kind with, well, if those are your expectations, we're probably not going to hit that. So well, we work we work in in an inherently fast-paced industry, mm-hmm. right? And um, with young people. And young people in a fast-paced industry want to get to the business and ask questions later. And um, so I just think people need to slow down. People need to ask the questions. People need to get to get to know who you're doing business with because we are dealing with substantial amounts of budget here. And make sure that... that um, that you're comfortable with the person before you engage. We do a lot of just getting to know clients because we don't have a lot of clients leave here at Strand, right? So um, if we engage with a client, they might be with us for years 
So we want to make sure that we enjoy that person's company and we, and we want to make sure that um, they are professional and, and fun to deal with and we're enthusiastic to interact with them because once we, once we create that bond, we can do a better job representing them on buys. So um, we want to be associated with people that we enjoy. And um, I think the industry at, at large could could become better and more evolved if people just took more time to get to know who they're doing business with. Agreed. Agreed. I will say one more thing too. So if you're a new uh, offer owner or, or have a new offer that, um, as you were mentioning earlier, Kyle, like you just want to do some testing and see if this thing has legs. You can find affiliates that will do that um, in some cases. You know, not everybody's going to be chomping at the bit to <clears throat> to run a brand new offer, un, an unproven offer um, when there is, you know, there are so many other offers that they could potentially run that are known to be, you know, a little bit more successful um, potentially. But I think, you know, there are definitely uh, opportunities for, for somebody who is just starting out. And it goes, as you were saying about expectations, it does it matters what you're what you're looking to accomplish and i think if you don't have a test budget set aside that you can essentially light on fire if it doesn't pan out you know you're going to be a little bit more butthurt than <laughs> somebody who yeah is that appropriate by the way you might want to cut that part out. I, um, I just said swear words i think butthurt's fine you're good okay good. we've had chris uh, a dad yeah, before you... there's nothing you could say that is that big <laughs> okay Good. Good to know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, if you're kind of scraping by and you don't have the capital to to throw at something like that, then maybe maybe doing list rentals is not the, the best way to start for you. Maybe you start with affiliates instead or, or you know, some other um, places where you can you have a little bit of a, a, a safety net. Right. Um, and I think that that's an important thing to also ask anybody if you're if you're entertaining uh, any sort of, if you're entertaining list rentals as, as an offer owner, um, I think one important question that can be uncomfortable for a lot of people to have this, this conversation, but, um, an important thing to ask is what happens if it doesn't work. Mm. And if you don't ask that question in advance, then you don't know the answer. And you're just, again, going to be disappointed in the end. If you turn around and say, oh, well, I was really hoping that I was going to make a little bit more money. And, um, you know, it's just, that, that was such a big loss and you're, you know, you, you, you go and maybe ask for help or, or make goods as we might call it in, in our corner of the internet. Um, and they turn around and say, oh, absolutely not. Like, we don't do that. We, like, we gave you, we sent you the traffic, we're done. Like our, our side of the deal is complete. Um, not knowing that in advance is, you know, can also put you in a tricky situation. So I think having full transparency, asking the right questions and um, just being honest with each other and honest with yourself about where you're at and what you can spend and what you can lose. Like you might, you know, you might think like, Oh, okay. I spent all this money on a copywriter and all this stuff. And I can't wait for this thing to make money. You might be a little bit too eager. <laughs> so you have to, you do have to slow down and, and understand that it, everyone's process and timeline is different. So yeah, maybe you do have a home run and, you come out the gate on fire and it's amazing. Um, but that is not the likely scenario, at least for most people. Yeah. Like that's like 
you get a little lucky, if you will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you um, and then if you get lucky, just acknowledge it, right? And and realize you got it. Yeah, stay humble, man. Yeah. You get lucky, celebrate every day that the offer is crushing and realize that there will be a day when it's not. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I've never seen a successful offer crush it forever. Yep, yep, um, yep. So... Well, I so, think yeah. uh, we're. Get, I know we've. Um, this has been great, guys. And we have one more question. Thomas has another question for you, um, and then we'll kind of finish with just uh, for. I'm sure a lot of people are going to hear this and go, "Man, this is great. We'd love to work with you guys." But um, we'll do that, and then um, what's a one more question? Close off there. And yeah, get, yeah. Get if someone's like, listening to this, like, yes, I want to get involved with CPM and kind of email marketing, but they're not ready yet. You know, they don't have the AOVs, or maybe they're a publisher, their list isn't big enough. Where do they go from here? Like, what should they be focusing on? Um, well, you know, first and foremost, um, you, depending on where you are at, um, in, in the, the offer production stage, um, you know, networking is huge and you guys offer such a large community of, of amazing people and resources. First of all, first and foremost, like if you, anything that you need, you, you guys can essentially point somebody in the right direction, right? And there are lots of different um, people out there that are really good at copywriting or really good at design or really good at this and that. And so, you know, just kind of knowing where you're at and what you need, um, or if you're not sure what you need, then ask somebody that will know the answer, right? Um, you know, find somebody that can kind of coach you and, and, help hold your hand through the process and maybe introduce you to some people because relationships are so big in this, in this world, right. In, in our, in our corner of the internet, as we keep saying, it's, it's, it's everything. Um, I mean, and it's how I cut my teeth. Like I didn't know anybody in the beginning and, um, got lucky enough to, to land a job somewhere that they very much pushed the networking aspect, um, to kind of get out there and, and meet people that can help you. And that's, that's a huge, huge thing that, um, I think is very underrated and probably, uh, underutilized for a lot of people. Um, we have so many great events in our space that you guys, you guys host a ton of them. So that's one starting, starting spot. Um, and then, you know, if it's, if you're just like trying to figure out how to make the deal happen or not sure, like who, where to go to, I mean, you know, obviously we, we, we provide traffic so we can potentially help or, or point you in the right direction, um, to somebody, somebody else that can give you something. If we don't feel that you're the best fit for strand, it doesn't mean that you're not, um, on your way. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't, did that answer your question? I feel like that was <laughs> no. Yeah, so you said, I hope that that was a solid enough. I guess that'd be, that'd be your yeah, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, let me let me add let me uh, let me add to that. So sure. I, I think a brand new offer owner. I think um, uh, somebody that's new to the industry, right? They should start with affiliate marketing, and yes. uh, I think the the biggest way to separate yourself in this sea of new offers, right, is to be professional, to respond to emails in a timely fashion, respond to Skypes in a timely fashion, and to tell the truth, right? Do not tell an affiliate that your offer is crushing it when it's not. Like, tell them tell them it's a new offer and tell them that you would appreciate them taking the time. You'd love their opinion on how it looks. And in many instances, um, to get affiliates to run a brand new offer, you can backstop their potential loss right? Saying like, hey, I know I don't have a lot of metrics. 
I would appreciate you putting this into your into your send schedule. And if it doesn't work for you, I'll take care of you in some in some fashion, right? Like people will people will absolutely appreciate that. So I think step one is just getting affiliates to run it because it's a lower it's a lower financial entry, right? Then finding out what your AOVs are, your LTVs, right, et cetera. Start building up your customer list, monetizing your your customer list, get a get a little cash flow rolling in, and then have a conversation about CPM buys because we're we're not comfortable um, spending client money when they're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Like, like it's just, we don't want that pressure. We don't want to exert that pressure on the client, even though we're very accommodating to clients. We extend terms. We, we put our money where our mouth is. We front a lot of buys for clients before they actually pay us. But, but still we want people to be in a comfortable position that, that what we're doing for them is a spoke in the wheel. So I think affiliates, as I mentioned, ClickBank is a wealth of, of information. Um, uh, your team there, Thomas, is, is always go go above and beyond to, to bring new newbies up the chain, right? The only thing I would say is realize that the Thomases of the world and the Kyles of the world are busy, right? So don't ask them stupid questions if you, if you can find the answer to the question by researching online for three minutes, right? There are amazing people in this industry, many of which are some of my best friends, and they will go to the ends of the earth to help people become successful. But you have to understand that they're they're all running multi-million dollar businesses and they have wives and kids and Right. So so they're busy. So I, I don't know anyone in my sphere of influence that won't extend themselves to help someone, but just don't waste their effing time. Yeah. Right? yeah be respectful. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, yeah. Preach. But also don't try and reinvent the wheel. <laughs> like that's another one that's big. I think a lot of people, um, they they yeah, they get a little stuck. Um and, and think like they have to be so unique and so different and this and that, you know, in order to be successful. And there is actually a science to this. So, you know, you, I mean, ask any of the, the top um, offer producers, we'll say in the space. I mean, you can go to lots of people, even like, you know, Stefan Georgia, he like, he help he's, he does that, right. He can help you out with that kind of stuff. Obviously he's a little bit more, uh, probably, um, advanced for some, as far as the, the, yeah. the cost join, involved. Join the Facebook group that we're all in, yeah. the, uh, the yeah. direct response marketing partners group, right. right. Um, that's a wealth of information and it's arguably, I know the, I know the, the attendance goes up and down. Um, but I would say, and, and I don't say this lightly, that's probably, um, you know, 300 of the most talented people that have ever been assembled in the online media direct response space. Mm -hmm. So just if, if, if you're not, if you're not in a position to travel around the world, to trade shows or do masterminds like that group is free. And there are so many talented people in that group that you can literally ask anything as long as you don't waste people's time. And you can get a you can get a, a fair, honest answer from people. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, that's great advice. Really, really appreciate that guys. And I know um, we're getting, we're getting close to time here, but um, I just want to say once again, thank you. And that's so huge. So you think oftentimes we go back, we have this theme, right? That, you know, it's just going to take some work and it doesn't mean the work isn't worth doing. The work should be worth doing because it's, it's a lot of it that's forward with you. But that being said, if you're willing to put in for that work, there's always people that understand and appreciate that hustle and will give back what you're willing to give in. Um, and that's really what this comes down to. And very similar to, we want to bring that back to making a channel work, right? A channel work like this. So much of what you get out of, um, you know, paid email um, is, what you put into it, what you're ready for it, what your expectations are, how you're going to continue to work into it and work with the right people, which does, before we go, um, again, really appreciate your guys' time. Before we go, I know there's probably a lot of people on here, and especially them that listen to thought, holy cow, I need to give it a try, but I want to do it with the right people, and they'd like to get in contact with you. So first, um, not only telling people how they could reach you if they'd like to, but more importantly, um, I know that you don't work with everybody. You had mentioned uh, when you were talking before that you guys say no a lot more than you say yes. So before people reach out, if you kind of say not only how they could contact you, but give kind of a, a, a general estimate of like who, who are the people that should be reaching out or you would like to talk to and kind of your typical client base. Sure. Um, so for us, um, you know, we're, we consider ourselves a little bit more of like a scaling partner um, than a new test partner. So if you have a brand new offer that you're looking to test, we may not, we might not be the, the best fit for you, but there are places, other places that you can go. And um, we are even happy to point you in that direction. Um, if, if we do end up connecting and, and feel that we're not the, the right fit for you. Um, but generally, again, anybody in the health and wellness space, that's our, our primary, that's our bread and butter. If you have supplement offers or similar health offers, um, I would say somebody who's a little bit more established, um, probably already doing some paid, paid media um, and somebody that has, that knows their numbers, has an idea of what their offer or offers can, can do um, as far as how they perform. Somebody that uh, usually has multiple product SKUs. So if you have one, you know, supplement versus an entire brand or, or line of, of products that you can offer, um, it's a little harder to scale one offer. So usually anybody that has multiple uh, products are, are generally a good fit for us. And honestly, it, it kind of goes back to what we were saying throughout this entire call, somebody who has realistic expectations. Um, so not just knowing your AOVs and LTVs and, and, and all that, but having an open mind with ROAS expectations, especially um, if you are a little bit newer. Um, so for us, we do prefer to work with somebody that is a little bit more seasoned, but we can help them get, you know, if they're A to B is one thing, we can help you get from B to C and so on. Um, and that's that's sort of where we want to be. Um, so, you, you know, having a couple product SKUs, having a couple uh, email swipes and creatives, different couple different variations of landing pages, things like that. And then, um, yeah, somebody who's going to be easy to work with. <laughs> um, you know, as Steven mentioned earlier, it's a relationship play for us. Like we want to enjoy working with our, our clients and, um, not to say that, you know, to, to the people listening, like, you know, if you're, if you're not cool, like we can't work together, <laughs> but, but you know, it, it, we, 
we try to make things as easy as possible for our clients and and just be real. Um, we we act as an extension of of our clients' marketing team, and so we're we're working together every single day, and we want to make sure that we're not just you know we're not just vibing, but we're on the same page as far as how we're looking at things. So th- sometimes that. Um, kind of comes together through conversation. So, you know, if, if you check some of those boxes that we just mentioned, as far as being a a client anyway, um, looking to, to gain more customers, um, you know, we can absolutely have a conversation about that. But also if you're a publisher and you are, even if you're not doing list rentals on your, on your list right now, um, we are always looking for quality traffic. We are always looking for more because um, we're we're lucky enough that our clients have pretty pretty deep pockets because they are pretty established and um, will pretty much test anything. Right? They're just looking to keep. The, they just want to keep the ball rolling and keep the momentum going and keep growing. And um, if you if you have a list and whether it's a smaller list like we said earlier, like you know ten thousand, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand, whatever it is. Um, contacts or maybe more than that. Um, maybe you're sending some affiliate offers here and there, but not super consistently. And even if you're not sure how to structure that, that deal, as far as the pricing of, of a list rental, um, we can help you with that. We can have that conversation. We can even do some testing for you and let you know, um, where things land. And then we can kind of decide together on that. But yeah, if you're, if you want to monetize your, your database or your customer list, um, or subscribers, whatever it is that you have, like definitely, definitely reach out. Cause we could always use more of those. And where should they reach out to? Um, just if you want to give your personal cell phone out, Tiff, that'd be great right now. Yeah. No, but yeah, is it just, address? do they just go to strandmedia.com or, or what would be the best way if they want? Yeah. To so we actually have a contact form on our website. It's, um, www.thestrandco.com. That would be the best way. Not that I don't want to give you guys my personal email. But, <laughs> no, that's okay. Know, I, I would like that not to My happen. inbox is already pretty hairy yeah, these days. Yeah. Well, so. if, watching on, and if they watch this on YouTube, they're going to see your hair and just be like, oh, what beautiful hair. I need to like <laughs> talk to her. So, Which, by the way, your hair does look great today, Tiffany. I was like, man, that looks really nice. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I actually got ready this morning. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to mention that email one more time. Just to- uh, the website. Yeah, it's the the Strand Co. So T-H-E and then Strand, S-T-R-A-N-D co.com. That's our website. And there is a contact form on there that you can, um, you don't need to put a big lengthy yeah, message and, in and, there. And she's, uh, Tiffany is just Tiffany at, and then I'm Steven at. <laughs> yep. uh, so, um, or that, <laughs> well, um, or that. we were, we were holding back from giving those. Oh, we were holding back from emails? oh I'm yeah. sorry. Not that's anymore. I, <laughs> not anymore. Apparently not. <laughs> but it's okay. Well, I, I think that's why I was pointing you to the website. <laughs> number or your, or your home <laughs> um that's next do we have a do we have one second for yeah. a few shout outs i just yeah. want to mention a few people so so i want to i want to thank um our current clients of strand um we have confidentiality agreements in place so we can't mention them by name but they are arguably some of the most successful neutral brands in the world um and and it's an honor to work with you every day so thank you I want to thank um, the team here at Strand. Um, they are the hardest working group of individuals um, I've ever had the pleasure to work with. So I, I really appreciate them them coming to bat every day for us. And um, I do want to mention a few friends in the industry that support us every single day 
and speak highly of us. And we, we've never done an ounce of advertising here at Strand. So 100% of the business we do is all referral based. And um, we couldn't do what we do without this small group of individuals. So including you guys, yeah. by the way, well, they're, they're on you the list. You guys are at the top <laughs> of the list. So don't, so don't steal my, my thunder. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Go ahead, Steven. Yeah. So Liz, so Liz Graham at Graham List Management, um, she's a pillar of the community and, and she gives us a ton of love and a ton of, of, of referrals. So thank you for that. Thomas at ClickBank, obviously, has been a, a huge supporter of us and um, we co-sponsor meetups together. And <clears throat> so we appreciate all the support. Um, Anna at MaxWeb, um, if you're looking for a... Um, a CPA network in addition to your revenue share activities at ClickBank. I represent Anna without hesitation. She is um, uh, a wonder of the industry. She's one of the hardest working people I know, and I'm really impressed from, from a prior person running a network. It's a difficult business. And um, for what she's accomplished in a short period of time, it's truly impressive. Um, ship offers, Doug and Iman at ship offers, they're fantastic people. <clears throat> We've become friends with them over the last year. Um, their fulfillment and on-demand product um, offering for advertisers is unmatched. Um, and if you're not working with them, I would consider working with them. Ari at SalesBound, post-sale call center um, uh, customer monetization. Um, we've become very close over the last year and, and he provides great services. Jeannie at HelpGrid for um, partial call center, um, closing partial sales, et cetera. Not to mention she is a, a walking angel on this earth. So um, true that. But again, again, and, and then Tony and Kyle at Digistore, they're also great friends of ours. So the, if you don't know these people, again, they're all busy they're all running multi-million dollar businesses, but they are um, some of my best friends in the industry and they are truly special people. And they're all willing to help you get to where you want to be. Just be cognizant that they are busy. So don't ask them silly questions or you might not get a response, right? But if, if, if you're meaningful in your questions and you, and you want to align your, yourself, like I do in my life with upwardly mobile, successful, positive people, that list is a great place to start. Also, um, Joe at Advertise Health, I ran his business for four years. And um, my little brother, Mike at Total Customer, those guys, are they both know a ton about the business. Um, if if you ever want to brainstorm about email or, or data management or anything like that, that list that I've just mentioned um, getting to know those people could change the trajectory of your career. And, and I don't, and I don't say that lightly. Nah. I just want to say, Stephen, I've, we've never had a guest like go through a thank you like that. Just people when, when you have a, um, an audience like that. And I thought it was freaking awesome. I thought that was so cool. What a great thing. Um, as we always talk about, I, I've, just learned it, I've just learned in my old age that I've achieved a lot in this industry. I want for nothing and I couldn't have done it by myself. So 
um, I, I, I always, I always make it a point to, to help the people that have got me there. Well, I love it. I love it. So now that our hearts are all full, good people, yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, there's so many more too, actually yeah. to all of you unnamed. We love yeah. you too. Yes. It's like whoever does <laughs> Tiffany's hair. We could go on Thanks, and on and on. But... Back of the napkin short list. <laughs> uh, don't, don't disparage me if I didn't. No, if no. I didn't. You know what? I... There, are, there are hundreds, yeah. there are hundreds of people that, that have, pushed me up hill in, yeah. in my career. And um, so, and I'm sure Tiffany has a similar list. Um, Tiffany and I wouldn't even work together if it wasn't for Jason Katasi at Cheviot Capital. <laughs> so he is a fantastic pillar of the industry. So there's, there's tons and tons of people. I was just thinking this morning about how appreciative I am of all of these people. So I wanted to, if, you know, I have a format this morning to, to thank them and I wanted to take the time to do yeah. so. No, it's a beautiful thing. And I think it's, it's really a beautiful way to finish off the podcast. And again, thanks so much for your time. Um, thanks so much for thank that. You, and I would now encourage not only explore paid email, right? You need to do that and take the lessons here. Also, I think you should just go tell somebody you're grateful for them today. I know that's not what we intend in the podcast, but after hearing that, I just feel compelled to go out, tell somebody today, thank you, because without you, I wouldn't be here today. So thank both of you. Karma, karma, karma is real. Yes, for sure. And, I, and for I, all the I, listeners I, out there, make sure to yeah go tell somebody thank you today and then also keep listening. And we want to say thank you for continuing to give us um, you know, an audience of people to talk to as we recently hit 100,000 on our YouTube channel. Congratulations. Um, yeah, we're always blown away. And my kids finally I, found something I do impressive, which apparently is eating hot wings. So um, how, uh, it took, how, it took how, how fun. How fun fun was that hot wings episode to, I, to film? I loved it. What did you think, Thomas? It, <laughs> a little hesitation there. <laughs> He's remembering the feeling. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, I'll give yeah. it that. It, it was a good time. It was incredibly painful and humbling at the same yeah. time. <laughs> but until then, That's guys, good. again, so thanks so much, listeners. Just rate, review, subscribe, keep listening, keep spreading love, and keep changing your businesses for the better every single day. What do we tell the people, Thomas, on the way out? Happy scaling, Happy everybody. Happy scaling. Until next time, have a good one.